Welcome to Reframe Your Life. I'm Joanne Gibson. And I'm Sandy Reynolds. Together, we bring you our podcast for women who want to live and lead their lives thoughtfully and with intention. On our episodes, we explore diverse topics relevant to all areas of our lives. Hi, Life Reframers, and welcome to our episode. Today, I'm really happy to be joined by Ashley O'Keefe as well as Sandy. We both uh, have the pleasure of interviewing Ashley, who I met through a project that she's doing, which she'll tell you about towards the end of this episode. So stay tuned and keep listening. (laughs) First of all, I just want to interview Ashley. At age 20, while completing her business degree, she started working in the fitness world, doing personal training and teaching a variety of different fitness disciplines. After finishing school, like many, she began working in the corporate world and quickly realized nine to five wasn't for her. She then took her first yoga training in 2007 and knew right away this is what she wanted to do. Since then, so that's over 10 years ago, she has completed thousands of hours of training in yoga, meditation, anatomy, fitness, leadership, and business. She has invested in and consulted in other yoga studios, both in Canada and the U.S., and has mentored over 20 students that went on to be teachers and leaders in the community. So welcome, Ashley. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Hey, Sandy. Thank you. I'm I'm looking forward to this interview. I feel like I'm on an interview with two people that are going to be speaking a language that's foreign to me. (laughs) No, never. (laughs) So I want to jump in first, Ashley, and and take you back into your early 20s when you actually started your first business because that kind of, when you told me how old you were, I was like, wow, you know, that's that's a big reframe in life from having gone through university found yoga that you absolutely fell in love with. I mean, tell us how old you were when you started your first business and how how you made such a courageous decision to do that. Okay, so I was, well, when we officially opened the the yoga studio, I was 24, but uh, we had about two years of planning before that. So it kind of started around the age of 22. (laughs) 22. (laughs) I was... uh, pretty fresh out of that university where I had done a business degree and I moved to Toronto. I was working in the corporate world um, and I didn't last very long. (laughs) 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 I wish I could say that I gave it a couple years, um, but it was probably six months and um, I, I, I knew that that wasn't the path that I was going to stay on. Um, I had been doing yoga since I started university. Um, as a teenager, I struggled a lot with um, self-image and self-confidence. And it wasn't until I, I started practicing yoga that I was really able to develop an unconditional friendship with myself. And I was able to, to pause before I told myself those negative stories I'd been telling myself for so long. And so I really felt compelled to share that with other people, because I think all of us in some way, shape or form at some point in our lives deal with self-doubt. And it's a busy world that we live in. And it's really easy to get caught up in the hecticness and the chaos of life. So to be able to pause 
and to really take care of take care of ourselves that was so instrumental for me in my life that I just really wanted to share with others part of doing it that young I think was having no idea what I was getting myself <laughs> to <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, the, the bonus of doing anything when you're really young, um, it, but also knowing with every cell in my body that this is what I needed to do with my life. When you decided that corporate wasn't for you and that you were going to pursue something else, did you experience any pushback from family or friends or did anybody question that kind of a decision, especially coming out of university and you know, probably investing in a degree that maybe you weren't going to be using in some people's minds? For sure. Um, I, I remember the, the day, um, very clearly the day I made the decision to open a yoga studio. I was at a fundraiser that was being a yoga fundraiser that was being taught by my mentor. And I ran into my very first yoga teachers there. And it was just a simple moment where they said, Oh, my God, why haven't you gone to do the teacher training yet? You need to share this with people. And, it, you know, I'd been they've been telling me that for years. But it was that moment, for whatever reason, the stars lined up. And I just knew in my in my mind, like, I'm gonna go home, and I'm gonna plan quitting my job and opening a yoga studio. <laughs> so I went home and I told my, um, my partner at the time uh, that I was going to quit my job. And he he was super supportive. And, you know, like me did a business degree, but didn't feel compelled to be in the corporate world. So he was super supportive. Um, and when I called my dad, I, I got radio, <laughs> radio silence on the other side. <laughs> um, you know, my dad was in business and so he was gently encouraging me along that path. And, um, you know, when I told him that I wanted to quit my, my corporate job in Toronto and go be a yoga teacher and then open a yoga studio, he, I think, I, I couldn't see him, but I could feel him put his head in his hand and gently. <laughs> 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 but he could, he could tell that it was something that was re, like really, really meaningful, me, meaningful to me and that I was really passionate about it. So, you know, he came and he traveled around and visited some yoga studios with me just to get a sense of what I was getting into. Um, But but definitely at that age, um, and, you know, having done a business degree and and wanting to kind of switch course from the corporate world, I did get a lot of odd looks. And, you know, are you sure that's a good idea? (laughs) (laughs) Kind of questions. um, you know, and at that time, I, I mean, for sure, when I say I knew in every cell of my body, that this is what I needed to do. That doesn't mean that I didn't come up against my own doubt, um, that it was going to work, that uh, people were going to even show up, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, but, but I just, I just had this inner trust that I was going to do what I could to share this practice with other people. And that, um, and that, that it was going to work. I just trusted that it would. 
to, to go back and answer your question, I, I did feel like there were a lot of doubters and, uh, I had to really do my own inner work to find my strength when I was doubting myself because there were times where I wanted to believe their doubt. (laughs) Yeah. I just had to keep showing up and saying, Nope, this is going to work. I'm going to do it. (laughs) Wow. What I was taking from that first part of your story was your first initial yoga teachers or mentors were saying to you, you have to go and share this. It sounds like it was beyond the physical benefits of yoga. It sounds like it was more about just the self-confidence and the decrease in self-doubt and the journey that you experienced through doing yoga yourself, mm-hmm. that they were encouraging you to go and share and that what I'm taking from the story is what you felt compelled compelled to share with other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. To to backtrack a little bit in time, when I was a teenager, uh, 15, 16 years old, I, I went through pretty deep depression and developed a, a pretty severe eating disorder. So I really struggled with self image, (laughs) and told myself a lot that I wasn't good enough, that I wasn't worthy. And so when I started practicing yoga, there was at first, um, a physical benefit of actually feeling strong in my skin again, like being able to look at my body and feel strong and see myself for who I am without needing to add all these other layers and judgments and stories. But it also took me out of my head and, and just let me connect more deeply to what I was feeling and taught me how to take care of myself and how to really, really nourish myself. So for me, that, that was a, deeply healing experience for me. It was definitely not an easy journey. (laughs) It took me out of that place where I was, you know, spiraling and into a into a pretty negative spot. Mm. Oh, thanks for sharing. We've, we hear some of these journeys from people that we interview and from the outside looking in, it can appear easy. So I'm glad you said it wasn't easy because, (laughs) But you had the drive, I guess, and the power or whatever it was, you were compelled to go through that journey. And I think that's the difference between people who are choosing to lead their lives and live and lead their lives and and those who are choosing to be victims and uh, just kind of go in the flow. So yeah, thanks for for sharing that. Well, what I was thinking when you were telling that story is that I have this different image of yoga. So I've never been to a yoga studio. And partly because I have a bit of a barrier and it might be, I was just thinking of the word, all I've seen is Instagram, Instagram yoga. So, (laughs) you know, all of these perfect bodies in their Lululemon clothes in these poses that, you know, my 50 something body would be never get out of if I could get in those poses to begin with. (laughs) And so I, you know, I think it's interesting um, to me to hear that yoga was a place that brought healing around body image, because for me, it's the scariest place in terms Mm -hmm. of body image. Mm -hmm. I mean, we do get people that come 
come into the studio or call in and that people have, have a fear of coming into a studio. Like I can't do yoga cause I'm not flexible, you know, and we always tell people, well, you should practice yoga because you're not flexible. <laughs> like it's not like you have to get somewhere in order to be able to do yoga. And one of the things that we found our, our practice on is accessibility. So we have 16 year old dancers and varsity football players and seven year old men and a woman who just had a knee replacement all in the same class. And everybody is, is instructed to listen to their body before they listen to what the teacher is saying and to really, to pace themselves moment by moment to keep checking in. Because the other thing that, you know, we learn when we slow down and pay attention is that every moment is different. Every day is different. Some days I can go a little deeper in some poses and some days I just got to lie down on the floor for the entire class. And oftentimes for people doing that is way more challenging because there's the ego that gets involved. <laughs> so, so slowing down and actually learning how to take care of ourselves is, is sometimes harder than doing these fancy poses. That's, that's helpful. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is a very welcoming experience. And obviously I've been in, um, some, not not a huge amount, but some yoga studios, and they do make it welcoming, Sandy. So, but I totally get it. I totally get it's that threshold thing to move across, and and we all have it. Even when I stop participating regularly now to try and get back into it, it's like, oh well, I'm not going to be as good as I was before. No, that's mm-hmm. fine, but but I'm not going to get any better by not doing it. <laughs> that's what I right, exactly. <laughs> and and I'll just I'll just share a story. I mean, my mom and my sister just went to their first yoga class last week. Wow! <laughs> so it only took me 15 years to convince them <laughs> to go and try a class and. You know, they they sent me a picture afterwards and their faces were all red and they're like, oh, man, we thought we were going to die, but we feel so good. <laughs> yeah. So it but like there was a barrier and a fear for for both of them to go and try something new and different. My sister just had a hip replacement last year, so she's getting back to moving her body and and she's limited in her range. So she felt concerned that she wasn't going to be able to do everything. And, and, you know, what she said to me when she came out was, wow, I didn't, it was actually okay that I didn't have to, you know, that I couldn't do everything. Um, and, and I think that was such a relief for her. So that's what we really try and remind people when they are experiencing that, you know, I'm not so sure about this, mm-hmm. uh, is that, you know, the most important thing is that you're breathing and that you're listening to your body moment to moment, taking rest whenever you need to, and just honoring yourself, which, which is really, you know, what everybody can use a little bit more of in my opinion (laughs) oh great yeah totally so I want I heard something the other day about yoga and I hadn't kind of thought of it because I've always you know similar to you the personal health and fitness and yep flexibility is part of fitness (laughs) now I am 
um, over 40 <laughs> and <laughs> rethinking what I'm doing. And so um, this yoga person was talking more about mobility mm-hmm. with the joints and stuff. And, and so can you just tell us a little bit more about the difference of flexibility and mobility as, as you know, some physical reasons, I guess, to do yoga besides all the mental stuff, which we've touched on a little bit there. Right. Well, I mean, as our, as our bodies get older, our, our connective tissue starts to shrink wrap. <laughs> Basically, oh, I, I think that's like, you know, those hot dog packs, it just starts to suck in. And so oh my God, not- can we stop now? <laughs> I don't mind if you want to edit that one out. <laughs> no, no, we're leaving it in. <laughs> it's a warning, people. Stop getting old. <laughs> we're shrink wrapping. But this is good because most, I mean, not all of our audience is over 40, but many are and, you know, some over 52 and 60. So, yeah, this is good information. So keep, keep talking about the shrink wrap. Yeah. <laughs> So as so as the connective tissue starts to get tighter, we ha- we you know experience more stiffness. You know, first thing in the morning, it's a little bit harder to get out of bed. It's a little bit harder to straighten up. So practicing moving your joints and just keeping all of your joints lubricated and loose and healthy, it is also helpful in preventing injury as you continue to age. Spinal twisting is one of the first movements that we start to lose in our body. And I think it it starts decreasing after the age of like 25. Mm. So it's, it's young that we start, our bodies start to change. I mean, we are all of the nature to get old. So how can we take care of ourselves as we all age, right? It's not about not getting older or trying to reverse getting older. It's trying to be with our bodies as they shift and move and change over time. So just going back to spinal rotation, I mean, if you are not practicing moving your body in that way, then when you twist to go pick up your purse, it's way more likely that you pull something, right? Mm-hmm. So just being able to to move your body through its range of motion and to keep your joints lubricated helps to pre- prevent things like, you know, picking up your kid and throwing out your back. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's helpful. Or picking up your grandchild. You know? Or your <laughs> grandchild. Or your grandchild, right? Or your like, purse or something. Well, well, you know? Yeah. Help me start to reframe my motivation because I was always, I just want to be more flexible. I want to be, and this person said, okay, maybe you're going to get a little bit more flexible, but it's more about, my, you know, mobility. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I, I need to be able to turn to have a look in the side mirror or whatever to see if a car is coming, you know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, <laughs> so it's helped me to reframe. Yeah, thanks. Totally. And um, I was just going to say too, you know, we all we do think like, oh, I want to be more flexible, be more flexible. But I I actually was told by one of my um, osteopathic doctors that I needed to start lifting weights because my joints got so loose that I was more prone to injury. So you know, too much flexibility on the other side is actually not good either. There has to be a balance between Mm -hmm. strength and flexibility. And that's one of the, um, that's another one of the benefits of yoga as well. It, you know, like you called it mobility, it's being strong and being able to be open without swaying too far on either side. 
In your bio, I mentioned your uh, students go on to be teachers and leaders in the community. So can you tell me how yoga interconnects with the community and what you practice or what it teaches in that way? Yeah, so um, we, you know, I said one of our, our foundational pillars is accessibility and one of our other pillars is is community support. So we're big on creating community. Our, our group of teachers, our group of staff feel very much like family and even the students that come into the studio, you know, everybody knows each other by name. They know what's going on in each other's lives. Uh, so really about developing relationships. And we do have a program as well at our studio where people can uh, give energy to the studio by helping out around the space for a couple hours in exchange for uh, practicing at the studio for free. So we have about 30 people that are part of that program. And it's, it's really amazing to watch the the dedication that they give to cleaning the space and making sure that the other people that come in have an experience where they feel at ease and at home. And there's almost as much satisfaction in that as in their own practice. It it all becomes intertwined. So the majority of our teachers went through that program first and got so inspired by giving to the students in a, in a different way that they then went on to do the teacher training and become teachers. The majority of our staff have also gone through those steps as well. A lot of our staff are teachers. So they've all in their own unique ways had an experience of feeling so deeply connected to the, their yoga practice and receiving such benefit that they want to share it with other people. Hmm. So I have a question, you know, you talked about the pillars a little bit and I, I saw them on your website and this is another question I have about yoga and I promise this will be my last one. And we'll move on. Oh, to no. things. <laughs> I, oh, so Yoga to me originally, like my history with yoga was like in the 70s, was very much a spiritual practice. So it was really rooted in kind of Eastern mysticism and meditation. And it was really kind of prayer postures. And um, very much that was the people who did yoga were people that were really into kind of more Eastern um, spirituality. Mm-hmm. Now I see yoga has become much more of a fitness thing that there's a, you know, you can do yoga classes at the Y and I don't see, you know, there's like, you know, all kinds of different types of yoga that Mm -hmm. seem more based on or more focused on fitness and not so much about spirituality. So I just wonder, I think that's partly a question I have is, is it a spiritual practice or is it a, a fitness practice? Or both. <laughs> That's like, I mean, we could talk about that for hours, probably. <laughs> for a lot of people, it does become a spiritual practice. But a, but at the same time, a lot of people come into the studio at first with the idea of, you know, it being a physical exercise or rehab for an injury. Um, and then, and then we do have people who come because it helps them de-stress and calm down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then over time, they start to see how it 
uh, impacts their life. So, uh, you know, we've had students come into the studio and say like, I'm, I'm nicer to my kids. (laughs) I'm not yelling at my husband as much anymore. I, I don't get rageful in traffic when I'm commuting to work. I can actually just breathe and like find a sense of calm. I'm not, you know, my blood pressure isn't going through the roof anymore because I know how to moderate my stress levels just by breathing. You know, for some people, that's like a huge shift from where they've come. And, and then over time, you know, it might become a little bit more spiritual for some people, but it doesn't have to be. And I think that, you know, the word spiritual sometimes scares people away. Mm-hmm. Um, they maybe equate it with religion or, or they're not sure what spiritual means. So they just kind of, you know, shy away from it. You know, that's why we say one of our pillars is accessibility. We don't, we try not to talk about it in a, you know, words like spiritual or religious or chanting or anything like that. Not that any of those things are bad. And I do connect with those spiritual practices myself. But we want to be able to hold a space where people who would otherwise not walk into a yoga studio can come in and still feel comfortable to practice and get the benefits of of just breathing. Mm -hmm. That's helpful. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Thinking back, well, through your journey, I guess, over the last 10 years, um, you spoke about one of the resistances of when you were starting your business of just people kind of going, you know, are, are you crazy? You're leaving the corporate world. Share a little bit about, you know, one or two other challenges that kind of come to mind that you came across as a younger female entrepreneur and whether it be related to younger or being female, it's neither here nor there, but that's what you were. You were a young female yeah. entrepreneur <laughs> starting out. Yeah. Um, and what you did to overcome them. Or just charge straight through them. <laughs> uh, wow, that's a, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I I think one of the big challenges that I came up against was that I wasn't always taken seriously as a twenty three year old business owner uh, because I honestly will be honest I didn't really know what I was doing. I mean, I'd gone to business school, but they do not teach you how to run a business in business. Let's <laughs> no. just be clear about that. Yes. <laughs> uh, they don't teach you how to manage people and to be an effective and a skillful leader and a powerful leader. That was kind of uncharted territory for me. So I had a lot of trial and error and a lot of making mistakes. And, um, you know, one of the amazing things about our yoga community is that we we really practice using the tools that we um, gain in through our yoga practice in our communication and in our leadership. So as I got deeper into my yoga practice, I also was able to be a little more skillful in my responses um, to, to to challenges. Um, it, that came up in my business. So, uh, you know, one of my, one of my business mentors says, 
your business growth will always match your personal growth. Mm. And, and I really truly believe that. And I think because I was younger, I was still in such a, I was learning so much at that time that there were moments where I felt like I couldn't keep up. (laughs) Um, so I think for me, that was probably the biggest one. And, and what I did was I just kept showing up, even when it was uncomfortable, even when I just wanted to put the covers over my head and not go <laughs> to work. <laughs> you know, I just made a commitment that I was going to keep showing up. I was going to take every single situation as an opportunity to learn and to grow personally so that I could continue to help my business thrive. I love that line. Your your business growth will always match your personal growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there I'm I'm going to be sitting with that one for a little while. I think there's a lot in that, you know, and I, I think that maybe as well for me, I'm just like, my mind's going off on that now <laughs> is sometimes your personal growth seems like nothing's happening, but it's all happening beneath the surface. And it's the same thing yeah. with your business. And then it's like, boom, it happens, you know? And I definitely now, and and at the time as well, but now I have uh, uh, the ability to really step back and look at the last nine years since the studio has been open. And I, I could see the peaks and valleys that I was going through personally reflected in, in the way that my business was doing. And it's were you, amazing. <laughs> yeah. So did you, were you okay? Like, well, I guess looking back, you see it maybe in the midst of it, it wasn't as clear to you. Um, cause of course now I'm thinking, so how do you accelerate that? How do you get out of those peaks and valleys? But uh, another part of me thinks they're, they're part of the growth. They are. <laughs> I wish you could, I could say like, oh, you could just get out of them. But you know, another another one of my my mentors says, you know, the only way out is right through. Right. You know, there's no way to go around it. Can't go over it. Can't go under it. You have to go right through it. And a lot of people try and bypass it because going through is often uncomfortable. And looking at ourselves on a really deep level is uncomfortable sometimes because we don't always like what we see. Um, So being able to do that and then not adding judgment to it, but rather really practicing self-compassion. And, and that takes time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I think of like, I always have this image in my head, like if you have a rock with water flowing over it, you know, it takes a long time for the water to create a groove. But once the groove is created, it's really hard to reroute it. And it's the same in our brain, the neural pathways. Once you've dug a neural pathway, <laughs> it's, it's pretty deep. And to stop and to consciously go another way, it, it takes a lot of effort. And you have to be really kind to yourself as you're doing that. Because Sometimes you'll still go the habitual way and Mm. that's all part of the process though. Yeah. And so you've mentioned a couple times here that you, your mentors in a, you know, one mentor, another mentor, Mm -hmm. how intentional have you been about seeking out mentors in your business and how important do you think that's been to your success as an entrepreneur? Uh, I definitely think that mentors have been instrumental in my growth. Um, I, I've always been a person that's sought out 
teachers and mentors, uh, people that are inspiring to me um, and have have paved their own way and have been successful at moving through challenge. You know, it, I always look for people that, you know, are willing to say it hasn't been easy. <laughs> and here is what I've done. Um, I'm always weary of people who, who, um, you know, say, Oh, it's life's easy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I wish I could say that when I first started, I had a business mentor. I mean, I definitely went to my dad and his wife who owned a business as well. Probably around my second year, I started working, working with a, with a business coach and focusing on in a structured way on, on the growth of my business as it related to my personal growth as well. So that's been, it's been years since I've been on that journey. And along the way, other mentors and teachers have come into my, um, uh, you know, come into, into my life. And, uh, I, I think I personally think that it is really, really helpful to have somebody that you can bounce ideas off of, especially when you're in a position of leadership. Because sometimes it can feel like you're on your own up there. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's been really helpful. And I do also go to other friends of mine that own own businesses because uh, they they understand different things and I can talk to them in different ways about my challenges and how how to move through them. Because you have done learning on leadership and you have been intentional about that. It's, mm-hmm. it's not just related to, I mean, leadership is related to business ownership <laughs> um, sure. if, if that's where you're leading. So, um, so yeah, thanks for mentioning the your, your business coach and, and your mentors. Um, what other learning have you done around leadership that you found helpful? I mean, I've done, I've done quite a few personal development courses mm-hmm. related to leadership. I'm actually starting um, another leadership program in the new year. Um, and, and I'm constantly looking for ways uh, to, to focus more on or to focus on better communication, more effective leadership skills, being clearer in the way that I deliver messages. And so sometimes it's, you know, through reading, sometimes it's through webinars, sometimes it's through courses, like face-to-face courses, where I um, I, I prefer courses sometimes because they really kind of force you to do the work, <laughs> you know, and that's also why I've, I've sought out business um, or, you know, coaches because I, I could read a book and be like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. And then put it down and never do it. <laughs> so I find having somebody hold me accountable to actually doing the, the practices or to, you know, doing, um, the, the lesson is really, really important. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just want to take you back to, you had said that when you were starting to be a leader of your studio, that you had learned through your yoga practice about, like, so you bring some of those strategies that you'd learned 
you know, perhaps about breathing, perhaps about taking a moment, perhaps about being intentional, mm. um, having a positive mindset. I mean, this is all the stuff Sandy and I talk about all the time and I, I hadn't even kind of related it to a yoga practice. <laughs> right. You feel that that helped you be a better leader and, 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 and shift your mindset, I guess, around clear. You've mentioned clarity and clear communication, which, again, something else we talk about, making sure people understand expectations, making sure we are clear in how we ask a question how we understand someone someone's answer and things like that. So, so yeah, thanks for sharing that. That's kind of also what you feel you got from yoga. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yoga and meditation. I mean, just ah. like just being still and, you know, not needing to distract or do something else or be someone else or put on a face, but to just pause and be for the moment, whoever it is that you are, without a, without a story, without a, without a judgment. And that for sure has been really helpful. And then also, you know, through my, my meditation practice, I've learned to, to pause before I react. And I think that is one of the mo- more profound lessons that I've taken into my leadership not making it about me, but taking a moment just to reflect, see how I feel when a situation arises. And it's okay to feel angry or sad or any number of things that show up, but not needing to deflect it, not needing to say the mean thing or the unskillful, <laughs> the <laughs> unskillful word, but to to have that little space so that you can come to or approach the situation in a more effective way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So what, what does your meditation practice look like? like what do uh, you do? <laughs> uh, well, I, I do short seated meditation practices. I have definitely done meditation retreats uh, where I do longer periods of time in meditation, but I feel like short, consistent uh, practices are, are definitely important. And, you know, the thing I, let, I tell people too is it, it doesn't have to be a long time. You know, you don't have to get up every morning at five in the morning and spend two hours in seated meditation. Like it, it could just be five minutes when you get out of bed in the morning, just breathing, connecting to yourself, reflecting on what you're grateful for. Um, you know, that, that in itself can radically shift how you move into your day rather than waking up, picking up your phone, getting onto email, and then all of a sudden you're already in the chaos. So every day I, I do some short period of time where I'm quiet, where I'm not doing anything else, where I'm, you know, not running from thing to thing or on my computer right? Just pause and, and breathe. And, and it could be done before bed as well. It's another really great time to do it. Just five or 10 minutes to slow down and, you know, connect to yourself. Mm-hmm. That's great. We are all about reframing, you know, reframing your life. And I think you've talked a little bit about, you know, sort of some of the things that happened that launched you into your business. Um, 
Is there an, any like current story, anything now at this more mature place in your business where you've been reframing your business or your personal life or doing some more of that um, work that you could share with us? So, right. I mean, I, like I said, I've been in my yoga studio for, it's going to be nine years in two months. Um, so it's been quite a journey and, and I'm now at a, a place where I'm, I'm feeling really inspired to share what I've learned as an entrepreneur with others so that they can also live their most rich and vibrant and connected lives. Uh, so it's, it was a little bit of a scary leap to, to take on a new project on the side, but it has been so incredibly inspiring and exciting to get to learn from other people and then get to share that out into the world. So can you give us some specifics about this project? What it, what, yeah. what it looks like? Yeah. Yeah, so so I'm doing um, an online summit. It's called the Entrepreneurial Adventure Guide, How to Be Rich Doing What You Love. And I'm going to be interviewing over 20 experts from different backgrounds, different fields about what being rich means to them, uh, what inspires them, and how they stay connected to their inspiration, especially when they're challenged in their work. Um, and we also, like you guys talk about mindset and different <laughs> practices that, that they use to stay successful along their journeys. And it's, it's been fascinating to see the themes and also to see the differences, um, that different entrepreneurs use to, to stay connected to their why. And I guess that's probably a reflection on, I mean, I love this quote that you said too from your mentor, that your business growth will always match your personal growth. And I guess we, we all come into entrepreneurship through our own journey, of course. Uh-huh. And so we have different areas of growth and development, and which means a different focus or, or have different work to do on our mindset and our intentions. So, so how can people get hold of this or what how is it going to be delivered so it'll be uh it'll go live on november 13th and you can sign up to receive the series at the entrepreneurial adventure guide.com and uh so when it goes live on november 13th one email a day will be sent out over the course of 21 days with a different featuring a different entrepreneur, the conversation that that entrepreneur and I had, as as well as their website, and each of them are offering a free gift to everybody listening as well, to help them, um, well, reframe their life in a way. Uh, um, so yeah, we're, it's totally, uh, totally applicable to, to entrepreneurship, but people that even aren't on the entrepreneurial adventure or who are just thinking about the entrepreneurial adventure will still benefit a lot from listening to these conversations because they're just super inspirational. Mm. And I think especially for people who may be hustling as an entrepreneur as a side gig, 
So, uh, so yeah, I, I think it would be valuable to them. And it's complimentary, isn't it? Free. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Totally free to sign up and listen to. That's great. Yeah. Well, we'll make yeah, sure that we put links to that in our show notes. And it's been great. This time has just gone by so fast in this interview. And I want to thank you. And I also want to ask you how people could get in touch with you. You know, what's your business name, if you have a website or Instagram account or where you like to connect with people online? Yeah, so my email is ashley at ashleykeefe.com. And I love starting conversations. So I'm super happy if anybody wants to reach out and share anything or ask questions, I'm always available. And then uh, my Instagram is what I use most. And that's Ashley T. Keefe. So T is in Tom. <laughs> Great. Thank you. Thanks for being on Reframe Your Life. We look forward to sharing this with our listeners. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, Life Reframers. Did you enjoy our episode today? If so, please leave a review on iTunes or Google Play. Also, check us out on all our social media avenues via reframeyourlife.ca.